72% of entrepreneurs are struggling with mental health. Most don't ask for help. Today is the day we change that. Today is the day we prioritize and destigmatize mental health. We are entrepreneurs, visionaries, high achievers, change makers. We defy the odds every single day. We dream the biggest dreams. We fail and fall flat on our faces. We get up and try harder. We believe in our ideas even when everyone around us doubts them. We are driven to find the solutions to the world's biggest problems. We speak because our voice matters. We show up because we make a difference. We share our most vulnerable stories because we know someone can finally find the courage to share theirs. And in our collective sharing, we rise, we heal, and we embody brave visibility. In this episode, I spoke with a clinical psychologist, a former university president, Dr. Gladys Otto. We go deep into why mindset isn't the answer to dealing with mental health related issues and how to know when to stop investing in coaching and start investing in therapy. We cover how redefining your trauma helps you understand why you're not having the business growth you are expecting. And we explore topics like cognitive bias, meditation, and how to work through trauma for specific personalities. Welcome to the Brave Visibility Podcast. I am so excited to have our next guest on today. Um, Dr. Gladys Otto is freaking amazing. I had the pleasure of spending time with her in Tulum. It was so fun. And I got to know a lot more about her business and what she does and how she's really transforming people's lives. Um, Dr. Gladys is a former um, university president and she's a clinical psychologist, a speaker and author of The Good Goodbye which is all about how to navigate change and loss in your life, love, and work. Um, she mentors, you know, all sorts of experts and service providers um, to help you really, like, elevate that authority and become true industry leaders. Um, she is recognized um, as a Latina leader um, by the Hispanic Executive Magazine and winner of Women worth watching an education award. Um, Dr. Otto has been featured in Forbes, uh, TEDx Lincoln Square, um, just all of the awesome places where you can imagine because (laughs) so talented and so amazing. Thank you so much for taking your time to be here today, Gladys. No, Kimra, you're so awesome. Thank you for such a lovely, like an emotion filled introduction. It's always nice to be welcomed that way. I love it. And, you know, when I met you in Tulum, I just was like, wow, her energy just radiates the whole room and you light up the room. And I was so grateful that you um, decided to join us for this podcast. And for some of the listeners, you might be wondering where Yasmin is. Yasmin wasn't able to make it today. Um, But so it's just going to be me interviewing you solo today. So all right. But it's going to be a lot of fun. So Um, As you know, we um, decided to create this podcast because mental health is one of those topics that really isn't spoken a lot about in the entrepreneur space. And oftentimes, there's all of this stuff being thrown at us about mindset, mindset, mindset. And (laughs) 
you guys sent me this tech, this message on Facebook, and I'll just read it. So she had said, this was like a topic of discussion. And she said, a success mindset won't matter if you haven't done this first. Until you clean up your cognitive biases around success, wealth, and prosperity, all the mindset hacks will fall flat. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, girl. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, as someone who has worked on my mindset work for a really long time and on my mental health for a really long time, I can definitely see the difference, like what you're talking about. So can you explain to all the listeners, like what really is these cognitive biases and how can we identify them and actually start working through this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's amazing. This morning, I was actually talking about this, but in the context of how do you build confidence and cognitive biases, we all have them. So first of all, don't think that you've got some kind of like weird, you know, affliction that it only applies to you and that other people don't have it. It is actually the, just the most natural way for how our brains start to process information. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way that I tell people to understand what cognitive biases are, just think about the stories that you've developed over your life that inform how you perceive what's happening in the current situation. So for example, right? I mean, if I were to say that in the past, anytime I saw somebody with bright pink hair, I had a positive reaction to them. It made me smile. It reminded me of roses, right? Because maybe my aunt had bright pink hair when I was a little girl. That is a memory that I carry in my mind. So then Kimra, if I meet you and you have bright pink hair, I have a cognitive bias that people with bright pink hair are lovely and warm and made me feel great like my aunts did, mm -hmm. right? So, and that's super unconscious. Now, if you take it to the other side, and this is where I think a lot of us struggle, especially in the, in the entrepreneurial space, there are unconscious biases, including one that's called confirmation bias, mm -hmm. which is actually playing out all the time. And that's where you are looking for evidence to confirm an existing belief or thought that you have. So great example is as an entrepreneur, you might think that this is not going to work out for you. It's too hard, right? Entrepreneurialism is all about the hustle and you have to work yourself to the bones in order to make it work and to get money. That is a confirmation bias that you have. And then you start looking for evidence to support it. So if you start trying to do Facebook lives and you feel like you're only getting a few likes or you're putting out posts regularly on Instagram, that only 20 people are commenting back, you're going to interpret that as evidence that it's hard and it's not going to work for you. And how many of us have been there before? I mean, I, I've gone through it. I went through it through recently, recent launch, right? Of just like, oh my God, is this launch going to work? It's not going to work. And I'm going to suck. And I just got a lucky break last time. Mind you, my program was half full before I even publicly announced it. But these are the biases that we come in with that are based on past experiences. So I'm super, super passionate about really helping people understand that it's not just about mindset, because I think the public has misunderstood what mindset is. We tell ourselves, oh, just, you know, repeat the affirmations, repeat the affirmations, and then it'll happen, right? Just have a vision board and you can get it. Mm -hmm. If you've got some stuff from the past that hasn't been worked through, that is where it's going to come back up. And it's going to come back up through these cognitive biases that are actually going to make it feel really hard and like you're not making progress. 
Yeah, I remember when I first started learning about the law of attraction and affirmations, and I was in my very early 20s when I had first met my now former husband. And when Mm -hmm. I met him, he introduced me to all of this stuff. I was like, whoa, like, what is this? You know, like, there's all these amazing concepts. And I remember I would start doing the positive affirmations and stuff. But then I was like, but I don't really, really believe this. Like how could Mm. this actually change my life? You know? And it, it actually brought up a lot of the stuff that was actually on the mental health side of things that I needed to work on. Yeah. It actually brought those up to the surface. And I was like, Oh, like I need to go to a therapist (laughs) (laughs) because there is some trauma that was around the topic, you know? And I think it happens a lot, especially And one of the reasons why we named the podcast Brave Visibility is because a lot of people are very scared to be visible. They're very scared to put their message out there. And I had told someone, because someone had asked me, well, why don't you put your kids in public school? And I said, well, the number one reason is because I don't want them to be scared of speaking up and, and, and speaking in front of groups, because I know how important of a skill that is to have if they want to have success in life or business, even if they're working a job. They need to be able to speak up and not be afraid to do that. Because I was like, think about it. When you're in elementary school, you sometimes get reprimanded for speaking up. If you speak out of turn, you know, Mm -hmm. if you say something that might be not appropriate, but you say it on accident because you're just a little kid, you know, Mm -hmm. like the whole entire class gets recess taken away because you started talking. You know, there's all of these things that I know when I was a kid, it made me scared to speak up in class because I was like, oh, if I say something, everyone in class is going to lose recess. Yeah, totally, Kimra. And, you know, you said something so critical is that it brought up these traumas from your past. That is key. And that is not being talked about online. And this is something that I'm so passionate about. So when you reached out to me, I was like, oh, my God, okay, finally, we're going to start talking about it is that we go into this business of entrepreneurship thinking that we just need to have the strategies and the funnels and the ads all laid out. We need to have our perfect opt-in. We need to grow our list and then everything's going to be lovely in our lives. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that the vehicle in which your success is dependent on is you Mm -hmm. and you come with a history and that history is very much alive in your day to day. And so I think a lot of times for us, when we feel like the mindset hacks aren't working or for me, right? Like one of my students is a meditation and mindfulness expert. I I don't meditate, at least not the way that he teaches. I couldn't figure out how to do it. But a big part of it is because I come from trauma Mm -hmm. and my mind is a trauma mind, which means that sitting still and trying to be Zen was really hard. And I needed to do the deeper dive to really heal some of my early traumas that then would allow me to be able to use the tool of mindfulness and meditation in a way that feels a lot more easy and not as much of a struggle. And it's not about me and it doesn't work for me. It's that there was some healing that needed to happen. And that's a very similar with me. I have this similar experience with meditation because when I was young, my when it was like late at night and I was like going to bed and just relaxing that was typically when a lot of fighting would happen in my home Mm. that was when my mother would actually come and start physically harming me and my siblings Mm. and so meditation when someone's like oh you need to meditate I'm like this meditation is like giving me a panic attack you know You know, like, this is not for me, you know, like, everyone's like, oh, meditate, meditate, meditate. And I'm like, well, if you start meditating and these things start coming up, 
you might want to look into a therapist. It might be time for you to really start working through these things. And there's nothing to be ashamed of if you need to work through those things. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of stigma around it, um, especially in certain communities, especially in groups of people of color. There's a lot of stigma of like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're depressed. You shouldn't go and tell the therapist our whole family's life story. You know, there's a lot of this stigma around that. And that's one reason why we wanted to have these conversations, because not every single thing works for every person. Not every mindset hack is going to work for you. And oftentimes, Mm -hmm. they're just going to bring everything to the surface. That's what has happened to me. My mindset work brought everything to the surface of the mental health stuff. I I needed that. Totally, right? right? And it's not just, you know, that do this quick hack and then you're going to be more productive. We're forgetting that we, again, are the vehicle that will determine the success in our business. So, you know, I remember one time that... um, having a conversation with people around mental health, right? Because I'm a clinical psychologist. That was my training. I thought I was going to be a therapist, have my private practice, talk to people. I ended up becoming a child and family specialist and play therapy became the medium in which I specialized. So I would play with little four-year-olds, little seven-year-olds and start to address, figure out how to address the issues that was going on with them. But by looking to the adults and helping them understand how to better support the child and I remember so many times, you know, especially for me working a lot with Latino families, there was so much shame around the fact that we had something that didn't feel like it was working, right? Whether it was the depression or it was anxiety or the panic attacks or feeling like crap about ourselves, right? That we just were too ashamed to bring it out into the open. And that shame is what keeps the stigma alive. And so I remember talking to lots of moms, right, that they wanted to get support, but they didn't like the idea of being with a therapist and saying, this is emotional massage. Whenever you, if you think about a massage, right, like there is a vision of it being a place where you go and you just get to be open to receiving support, right? And the hope is that you walk out and feel better. I mean, there are some massage therapists that are like, great, you're not going to walk out, you feel great. But the intention is to go and receive support. It's the same thing with therapy, with counseling, right? You go with an expert that is trained to take you on a journey where you learn how to be open to receiving your own clarity. And sometimes sitting with our own selves, that's really the issue. We don't want to sit and be still because when we are, what comes up? Fear, overwhelm, grief, sadness, anger. Those are the things that pop up. And so what do we do? We distract ourselves with our phones. We get on social media, we play Netflix and have it as background noise and we distract ourselves. And this is what I refer to in my book as the lollipops of distraction. Mm. They all are ways to keep us from really looking at the core of our hearts. And if you're like most people on this earth, in the core of your heart, there's pain. Mm-hmm. And that pain is something that we've learned is unacceptable. And then we have layers of shame all on top of it. And then we just, we, we live on the surface. And that is why these hacks or these techniques don't work is because there's too much anxiety to just sit with the reality of what we've been through in life and really look at it so we can start to heal it and then be able to release it. Yeah, gosh, you just said so many things, but <laughs> but it's like, it's so powerful, all the things you're saying, when people can recognize, like, 
we have layers to us. We're not just like at this surface level. It's not just all the pretty stuff you see on people's Instagram accounts. Like there's so much more to us than that. And um, recently I was really curious about, um, because myself being a public figure, I've had people who have purposely went out to try to shame me or embarrass me or humiliate me publicly. Um, And it's happened multiple times throughout my business. And every single time it happens, it, it, it hurts me for like a little bit. Um, But then once I tune into who I really am, it doesn't hurt me at all. And so there, but I think it's because I built a resilience for that. I think some other people, it would make them completely vanish off the internet. Oh yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So what do we say to someone? Cause I get a lot of people who ask me, they say, Kimra, how do you deal with bullies? How do you deal with hatred that comes at you when you go online? What would you say to someone who may be feeling really depressed because someone's making mean posts about them or, or things like that? What would you say that they would do for that? Oh, yeah. Well, this is really about developing your emotional adaptability to these stressors, right? Because a bully, that's stress, right? Mm -hmm. Not feeling safe to get on online, that's stress, Mm -hmm. right? So how do you build your adaptability to stress? And that takes a lot of of inner self-work. You're not going to be able to do it over this podcast. You're not going to be able to do it in a weekend. But where you can start is to get to a place where you are able to look at the situation, honor how it really feels. And you said this, you feel hurt for a little bit. That is something that we don't give ourselves permission to do. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I learned through um, a healer that I worked with for eight years at Meet West is she helped me learn how to make room for all of my emotions, including the hurt ones. And if you were to think of your hurt as a child, right? Like give it an age. Mm -hmm. How do you really embrace that hurt? And what would you say to that hurt if it was a little kid? What we tend to do, right? If somebody makes a comment, and this happens to me a lot, especially, you know, in my career, I've had a lot of leadership positions. And when I was a VP of a university, I was bullied at work by my peers, a few of them in particular, there were two. One of them, I was actually like somebody that I was her boss. And it was in public and it was so painful, Kimra. I mean, I just, there were days where I just would go home in tears. And I felt completely powerless, but I was in this position of power as a vice president. But you see, I, I was bullied in school, right? And because I had that, it was rubbing up against this wound that was so deep and it brought up all those feelings of me being unworthy and unlovable. And then all my self-worth stuff came out, right? Mm-hmm. If I ignored that, if I'm like, well, fuck them, you know, who cares about them, da 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 whatever. I would be ignoring my pain that came from when I was a little girl. But instead, by learning how to embrace the pain, I could sit with her, right? And I could really, and I think the music is perfectly timed because it's like, you know, how do you embrace a little girl and soothe her? (laughs) It's soothing. I don't know why. Oh, someone's calling me, I think, on Facebook or something. I don't know what's going on. Hold on. That was really weird. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I I actually watched it. It's like some ambiance music as we're talking about it, right? Like, how do you really embrace that child and soothe them? So self-soothing is the key here, right? And we do not get taught how to self-soothe. And self-soothing looks different for everybody. But when you get that bully that's coming at you, how do you honor how you're feeling? Don't try to change it. Just accept what it is. 
how do you understand where you're at, how it's making you feel and where you want to be? Chances are you want to get out there as quickly as possible, right? How do you do that? Through self-soothing. And in the process of self-soothing your own self, you are filling yourself with love. You're filling yourself with compassion. And then here's the key. Get to a place of gratitude. Mm. That gratitude, we overlook gratitude. We think gratitude is just being like cheerful and happy and everything's beautiful and I'm grateful for life and God and universe and spirit of Buddha. Gratitude is a healing salve for the pain that we carry in our hearts. And when you can get to a place of being grateful for an ugly experience, because it's a place for you to step into your power, to not crumble, that is where you start to really own your power and you become even more grounded and you build that emotional resilience that you need to deal with those kinds of stressors. Wow. That is the most perfect answer I've ever heard to that because Mm -hmm. I do get a lot of people who ask me that and I don't really know how to respond because Mm -hmm. I have built up a lot of resilience when it comes to being bullied because I was bullied my whole childhood. I was bullied by my family and by people at school, especially because I'm from a small town and I had, you know, a giant pink mohawk and all this stuff. (laughs) So I was very different than other people. They had a lot of reasons to bully me apparently. Um, And now online when, you know, I stand up for something I believe in, I've had people take that and then use that as something to try to use it as a weapon and Mm -hmm. um, even to harm my business, you know? And so it can get really hurtful. There was one particular situation where, I mean, I was in bed for a week. Like I just Mm. couldn't even function. I have really had to just rest. Like I couldn't go online. I couldn't, like, I just couldn't. And cause it was just so painful. And, you know, like, I feel like everybody on the outside sees Kimra is just like, Oh, she's like fearless and just so tough and all that sort of stuff. But really deep down, like you said, we all in our hearts, we all have that, that pain in the core yes. of it. And that's something that I still have. And it's okay that I still have that. It doesn't matter the level of success. I mean, you were the VP of a university, you know, like we still have those, those hurts and it's okay that we have them. It's not like we just need to keep shoving them down and shoving them down. We need to feel them. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important part is like, feel it. Like you don't have to just ignore it. Because ignoring it is just going to make the problem worse, which is something I found out through, you know, having marriage and having kids and all these other things. I ended up finding that stuff out because I was pushing all those things down. I wasn't allowing myself to feel. And I'm finally in a good space with my therapist and with, you know, all of my support team where I can just feel into those things rather than trying to mask it. So what are some healthy ways of self-soothing? Because obviously there's some bad ways, which could be, Mm -hmm. I don't know, going on a drinking binge or (laughs) tubs of ice cream, or, you know, there might be some things that might be unhealthy ways of soothing. So what would you say would be something that would be healthy that entrepreneurs can do as a way to, to soothe themselves when they do Yeah, I just had this conversation last night and I love that it's coming back up because this is also great reminders for me, right? Over my life and, you know, especially my career, 20 years, right? Working as a psychologist, my last role as a president of a university, I've had lots of roles in between that were very stressful. 
self-soothing is something that I've had a really interesting relationship with because to me, I felt it was self-soothing after a really stressful day to come home, sit on the couch, turn on the TV and just zone out. That felt soothing to me. But what I was talking to somebody about last night was that I realized that that was actually me disconnecting from my own experience. Mm. And this is something that I think we overlook and because we just don't understand that we actually can detach from our own experience in very subtle ways. And it doesn't have to be around stress only. I went through a program launch. I sold out my program. Okay. So it was deemed a success in the entrepreneurial world. But when it came to celebrating my success, I, I, I detached, right? And I'm a big believer. Like I'm a person that's always telling my clients, make sure you're celebrating your success. Make sure you're celebrating your success. I celebrated it for about five minutes, Kimra, and then it was like on to the next thing. Okay, what's the next problem? What's the next thing I need to do? And what I realized is that my way of sitting with myself and feeling the true success and the pride and the accomplishment was really uncomfortable for me because I felt I didn't deserve it. I felt like it, if I really celebrated, it would go away. I felt that if I really let myself expansively feel the joy, the sh- other shoe would drop. Those are the cognitive biases. We started here, right? Those are the cognitive biases that come from way, way back in my history. Yeah. But we all bring those to the entrepreneurial space. So my recommendation for folks, especially being in an online world where there is no room for this kind of stuff until now, right? Your platform is making room for this. When you are surrounded by so many posts and images and people talking about success and numbers and this and that, it is absolutely vital that you invest in your own self-awareness and emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. The two biggest traits of the top leaders in the world, they are self-aware and they're emotionally intelligent. Mm -hmm. So how do you build self-awareness? Be interested in who you are, right? Self-soothing happens when you just put the pause button on what's going on externally to do an inner check. Self-soothing can happen when you stimulate your senses that will calm your nervous system down. And this is huge, right? Nervous system stuff is what is triggering you staying in that state of stress or trauma or overwhelm. So, you know, what are the things that calm our nervous system and basically tell our brains we're not in fight or flight mode? What smells, right, help you feel calm? And this is a visceral, like feeling, feeling, not thinking. What sights help you feel at ease? What noises, right, or sounds help you relax? What tastes, right? All of that stuff. That is where you want you to touch. I have like a really nice... um, I'm very into textures, right? Like, so I'm wearing a fuzzy sweater. I have a blanket that's super soothing. That then informs my physical body, my nervous system, that I'm at ease. And that sends a message to my brain saying, okay, you can get out of fight or flight mode. And that starts to re-regulate you so that your thoughts then can be moved from everything's shit, nothing's going to work out for me, this is horrible, to how do I look at what I'm grateful for? What is the learning here? How can I continue to grow? And it takes practice. This is, this is something that we need to continue to practice. I think it's a lifelong art. 
Yeah, I agree that it's definitely a lifelong art. Um, I'm a person where I love, I love textures. That's definitely one thing I really love. Um, I also really um, love um, like visual things. Like mm -hmm. I find that going on Pinterest and just looking at art and things like mm -hmm. that, like really soothes me and makes me feel really great. I'll go out to like an art show or, you know, to, you know, a place just like even just a studio to like look at things. I really need like visual stimulus. Um, and then I usually sing. So when I'm feeling really, mm -hmm. I sing. So I need to like music is like a really big one. And, and music yeah. was something that really soothed um, myself and my sister when we were younger. Me and my sister used to sing together all the time. And yeah. so that became like our, our soothing thing. So, and, mm -hmm. you know, I, we had um, interviewed um, Caitlin, Caitlin, you know, Caitlin from Tulum. We had interviewed yeah. her um, about, you know, the addictions. And I find like mm -hmm. oftentimes when we are needing to soothe ourselves, we're needing to have that glass of wine every single evening. Yeah. And that's became like a societal norm for, you know, the mom to come home, come home from work or whatever. And she's just sitting down and just chugging wine, you know, and it's yeah. like became like a, like a societal norm. But in the reality, she might just need to hug her kids and yeah. just touch them and really have that gratitude for them rather than that disassociation like you were talking about and just mm -hmm. chugging the wine. Totally. You know, whatever you can do to connect to your own experience. And then if you want to take it to the next step, connect to your emotions. That is going to help you know what exactly is self-soothing for you versus just a mask attempt to soothe, but really it's allowing you to numb and disconnect from your true experience. So that's the difference. It's, is it soothing or is it numbing? Yep. Mm. Totally. Maybe. Totally. And it's tricky. It's tricky. I mean, again, you know, I honestly thought like after a celebratory thing and this happened again with my lunch, I wanted to go to dinner. Right. And I took my dog and we went to a little pizzeria here with their outdoor seating. It's like, I'm going to go celebrate. I'm going to have dinner. I'm going to have a glass of wine and yay me. Right. Yeah. Well, this is my pattern and it's wonderful. But what am I doing the whole time I'm having dinner? I'm looking for the next email. I'm responding. Where am I behind? Where am I? Da, da, da? And I'm not sitting with the gratitude of what I actually accomplished. So it ended up being a distraction and that's how sneaky it can be. So this again goes back to self-awareness, mm -hmm. really being able to sit with your own experience, honor your emotions, whatever they are, and get curious about you. Yeah. And, and I had a similar thing with really big launch that I had where I didn't really take a lot of time to celebrate it. And I was already, yeah, I was moving on. What's the next project? What's the next thing I got to do? Yeah. Like, like, okay, been there, done that. Move on to like, right. Like, yo, like you just did like this massive launch camera, you know? And I'm just like, Oh, I'm, I'm busy. You know, I'm doing this. And so that busyness I think was just, it was a distraction for me. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of fear of losing the money as well. That was a big yeah. thing, uh, fear of losing money, um, which I didn't even realize I had that fear until that big launch happened. And then that fear came up. I was like, what? Like, and you know, I'm pretty mm -hmm. self-aware, but, and I recognized that that actually happened. I was like, this is really strange. Um, yeah. but when you come from, you know, poverty and my mother was on welfare with five kids as a single mom and you're raised in that way, it's like, oh, well, if you get money, it just goes away. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the second you get money, it just goes mm-hmm. out the door. You know, like that yeah. was said, oh yeah, I get money and it's gone. I get money and it's gone. I get money and it's gone. And so my belief system was that that was the re- truth. And so I just reacted like, oh, I'm just going to keep working. Mm-hmm. You know, when actually I could have probably take six, took in six months off and just chilled in reality, yeah. you know? Um, so that's, that's really interesting that you say that about, about, you know, you actually got, you achieved the thing you wanted to achieve yet you were still disassociating from it rather than saying, yay, like let's celebrate, let's party and like actually celebrate and party, <laughs> you, know, yeah. right? you, know? you know, and to feel it. The yeah. goal is to feel it, right? We are so stuck in our brains and we are so trained societally to just be up here. Mm-hmm. And to actually drop into your heart and feel, that scares the crap out of people. Yes. And so they stay up here. And then that disconnection between your head and the heart, that is where you then see it show up in your business, right? Where you don't feel you're making the impact that you can make. You feel like your messages are just kind of landing flat. You're seeing a little bit of momentum, but then it plateaus and you just feel stagnant. It's the head and heart connection that there's a gap. And the more you allow yourself to feel your way to the answers, the more ease that will come with it. And again, this takes practice, but it's, it's the best way. And this is a way that just is not popular or sexy guys. You know, it's not about the hack and the three minute little, like, you know, get your way to success, but it is the most sustainable way to truly develop a business and a life that is going to sustain you on the long run. A thousand percent agree with that. I know that if I hadn't been working on my mental health this whole time, I probably would have just completely crashed and burned and just Mm. closed down shop and just been like, bye everybody. Like, you know, like I, I would just not even know what to do if I hadn't been, you know, having a therapist and having, you know, the support system around me that I really needed, um, going through a lot of big things and a lot of big changes, you know, my business grew very rapidly and it wasn't an expected thing, you know? And so I, I'm so grateful that I've had the therapist and that type of support. So my next question for you is, you know, if somebody here is listening, how would they know when it's really time to stop investing in just, you know, these coaches, mindset types of coaches and start investing in therapy? Where, when, when does that happen? Or should mm. it? Uh, yes, it should happen. Um, and when, you know, that's such a, it's such a, difficult question to answer because it's going to vary for every person. But what I can tell you based on my experience, you know, I've worked with so many people that have come to me, whether I was a therapist or in my role now as a leadership mentor, Mm -hmm. and they have gone to so many other people. They've gone to counselors, they've gone to therapists or that like in our entrepreneurial space, they've worked with a bunch of coaches. Mm -hmm. What I hear repeatedly is, you know, the person's great, but I just didn't see the progress right? Or, you know, I learned a lot, but I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm not implementing it. I'm not seeing the results or something about the dynamic, right? And this is, again, it's a tricky one because it's going to vary across situations, but here's where you get to really use your own wisdom. If you sense that something's off, whether you think it's that the strategy's off or it's the connection between you and the coach is off, or you just feel off in general, mm-hmm. and you've been at this for a while, you know, in a while can be six months, a year, a year and a half, two, three, four, seven years. Give yourself the break 
to just check in and say, okay, do, is there other shit going on with me? You know, is there other stuff that's coming up? Like, have I been in situations in the past where this feeling of anxiety came up or where these thoughts about it's not going to work for me? I've had it in other situations. And if you can trace back that you've had these experiences before and they're kind of repeating now, go get professional help. Mm -hmm. One thing that, you know, in our industry with coaching, because it's not a regulated industry, you get a lot of variety out there. And you're not always guaranteed that you're going to get the best training. And a coach and a therapist are not the same. Mm. They have two very different skill sets. Mm. So there needs to be that moment where you recognize, okay, what, and educate yourself. What is a coach here to do? What is a therapist here to do? And then where am I and what are my needs right now? Right. And that I think is the best way to make an informed decision. And, uh, you know, you got to get over your own biases or cognitive biases that we talked about earlier. You might have some cognitive biases about going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Right? What are they? Right. Like check in with yourself. What are your own biases about going to a therapist? Are you afraid that if people found out, they think you are weak or that you're totally crazy, that something's wrong with you, you're going to be judged negatively. Those are usually the ones that come up. Mm-hmm. But in the absence of that, you're going to be getting support that may not be addressing the core issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a big, big believer that whenever you're kind of spiraling in your business, it's not about strategies. It's that there's deep inner work that is not aligned and that you need to address. And the deep inner work needs to be addressed through the proper professional support. Gotcha. I a thousand percent agree with that too. Like I, I know that I, when I first got into personal development and I started reading all the books and all the mindset stuff, it's like it, it, to me, it was so surface. It wasn't diving deep. It wasn't deep enough for me. It wasn't helping me with genuine, true healing. And it took a lot of self-awareness on my part to finally to finally tell, you know, my now former husband to finally say, I need to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And he had some of those cognitive biases about it. He was like, well, they're just going to be, you know, pushing drugs on you. They're going to be doing all mm-hmm. these things and, and all this stuff. And I said, well, if that time comes, then that's what's going to happen. But I need mm-hmm. to go and get the right help. Yeah. And that, that because he didn't go through the same sorts of traumas that I went through as a kid, you know, he yeah. not a person that is like, you know, will have like a panic attack every once in a while, or, you know, he's like not that type. So he mm-hmm. didn't quite understand that. But then once I did, he's like, okay, I support you do what you got to do. And mm-hmm. it was so, so amazing for me. And it was a similar thing with one of my siblings. I had recommended that they go to a therapist and they weren't able to afford it. So I was like, I will pay for you to go if you will actually go. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. And after two years, I mean, it's been just a complete life altering thing for yeah. them. And it's been able, it's been so, it's made me so happy that they have got the support that they needed because they're my sibling and I love them and I care about them. And I can see that they could have went down this really bad downward spiral if they didn't finally get that support. Um, Because as a kid, my mother didn't want us to go to therapy because she didn't want us to tell the therapist what was going on in our house, you know, Mm -hmm. So, which I think is really common for teenagers and young people. So there's all this stuff like, oh, the therapist shouldn't know all those details or, you know, and there's a lot of 
fear, like, oh my gosh, they're going to diagnose me with something. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, I'm diagnosed with all of the Ds. I got the, <laughs> the OCD, the ADD, like, anxiety, depression. I got it all, you know? Like, and recently my therapist um, also believes that I also have bipolar as well, mm. to some level. And, um, and so we're working through that and figuring out what's going to be the best thing to work with that. Mm. And I'm okay talking about that because I know there's people listening to this podcast that are like, Oh my gosh, I was diagnosed with bipolar, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like I want people to know that it's okay that we have diagnoses. It's okay. If we might have to have medication to support us, it's okay. If we have certain particular things we have to do every night before bed to even sleep through the night. It's okay. You know, every person is different and coming from a family with that had every single person in my family had mental health issues. Um, you know, I've seen every end of the spectrum from very Mm -hmm. extreme to very mild stuff. And even the mild stuff can hold you back. You know, even someone's like, oh, well, it's just a little bit of anxiety. Well, sometimes that little bit of anxiety can be holding you back from really being able to serve at a really high level and be a really powerful leader. Yeah. You know, again, leadership, self-awareness, emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Those are the two key traits of the top leaders out there. And that is where you have an opportunity to invest in because the one thing that you will come into this earth with and that you will leave with is you. Mm-hmm. So it is important to put you as a priority and get curious and familiar with who you are and what motivates you, what doesn't, what's holding you back. And as you start to do this work, what you will realize is that there's often like a lot of what we call baggage. Mm-hmm. The baggage is actually a lot of grief. It's losses that we haven't been able to fully resolve and integrate into our experience so that can move forward. So we're putting tons of energy into holding on to stuff that happened already. And it keeps us in the past and it prevents us from crossing that threshold into the future open to the unknown, right? And that is something that just, you know, when it comes to grief and loss, like, and it doesn't mean death, it just means grief over having a painful childhood, grief that you couldn't grow up feeling safe, grief that you felt that you were bullied and picked on, right? And that you didn't feel loved. Those are all things that we have grief around. And that, this then becomes an opportunity to allow yourself to part ways with the grief that is consuming your energy. And that can, that way it can stay in the past, but you can take the learnings and the gratitude forward and really allow yourself to move more freely into what's coming for you. Wow. And this leads me into speaking about your amazing book. So mm-hmm. let's talk a bit about it. So I know yeah. you have a book called The Good Goodbye. So can you let everybody listening know a little bit more about your book, where they can find it? Um, because I'm sure after listening to all this, they all would want to read it. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I want you to read it, you know, because this is going to be a perfect opportunity to start to get more of an understanding of how do you work with these things that come up in your life, whether you are struggling to like make strides in your business, whether you're still hung up over a breakup that happened 15 years ago. You know, one reader, she read the book and she was in her 70s. And I didn't know who she was, but she sent me this beautiful email sharing how after reading my book, she realized that she went into reading the book thinking that she was reading it to help her cope with her current husband's terminal illness. 
Mm-hmm. But she realized that she was reading the book to say a good goodbye to a divorce that had happened 40 years ago that she was still angry about. Imagine going through life 40 years with anger seeping out of you, unconsciously contributing to something that already happened. This is where I want my book to give people a template to start to understand how to think differently about what goodbyes mean. So it does start with me providing a new definition of goodbyes. Goodbyes and loss and grief, it's not just around the death of a loved one. It includes old beliefs, dreams that didn't come true, old versions of yourself, right? As you level up in your business, you're going to be leveling up your self-identity. How do you part ways with a vision that you had of who you were and what you were capable of? Relationships that will shift or change or leave as you grow into more success. To them, the common goodbyes that we know, like breakups, death, chronic illness, right? Becoming a mommy when you were single before. These are all the different ways that we experience goodbyes all the time. And this book provides a very practical and straightforward alternative to a lot of the models of grief out there so that you can start to accept what's happened, understand what it means for you and where you want to be, cultivate gratitude for it, right? That's the teachings and the learning and the healing so that you can then forgive yourself, others, a situation, and find a ritual to be able to actually say goodbye. So anybody that's interested in the book it is on Amazon. It's The Good Goodbye, How to Navigate Change and Loss in Life, Love, and Work. I also do have a, a special gift for folks that want to really dive in even more. And you can find that on uh, the link that we'll give you on my website. And it is The Good Goodbye Blueprint. This is a 30-page supplemental workbook to the book so that you can start creating your own Good Goodbye experience now. And it really helps you understand that anytime you're getting ready to say goodbye or just clean out your own inner self, you are stepping into a sacred rite of passage. And both the book and the blueprint will help you navigate that with more ease. Well, thank you so much for talking about your book and the amazing resource. I know the good goodbye blueprint is going to be so helpful for everybody here, um, especially I know for myself, like even starting a business, it was like I was saying goodbye to an entire past me, you know, oh, like, yeah, like really stepping into something new. So I wish I would have had that right at the beginning, but now I have these new businesses. So now I probably need it anyway. So yeah. <laughs> I go through the blueprint. Um, so we will make sure we provide the links for you. For anybody listening, the links will be in um, the show notes and on our website, the bravevisibility.com site. So you can find them there as well. Thank you again so much, Gladys, for being here. You are so amazing and so incredible. You are transforming people's lives. And I'm so grateful to even have you in my presence because you're just such an amazing woman. Oh, thank you so much, Kimra. And congratulations on doing something so needed in our industry and really forging a new path for all entrepreneurs to drop the shame, own their mental health and get the proper support that they need. Well, thank you so much for being part of it. Thank you. Thank you for lending us your ears. Please subscribe, rate and leave a review so we know we're not talking to ourselves. If you love this episode and would like to dive deeper into healing your mind, body, and soul, make sure to check out bravevisibility.com forward slash circle to join our membership. 
Every month, we'll provide you with new trainings and resources on maintaining a healthy mind and most of all, a safe space to share and grow. Go to bravevisibility.com forward slash circle where you can have full access for $20 a month. Remember to use hashtag bravevisibility when sharing this episode online. Follow us on social media at Brave Visibility and catch us on the next episode. Till then, live bravely.